welcome to another episode of the Inquisitive Analyst. I'm your host, Marcus Udekang. It's the show where we chat about business analysis and project management issues and the challenges and triumphs within those fields. It's inspiring, informative, and very much inquisitive. My guest today is a longtime Toastmaster and currently is the director for Toastmaster District 42 that spans the southern part of the provinces of Alberta and Saskatchewan here in Canada. She is quite an accomplished Toastmaster and has a number of accolades to her name. She was President of the Year, Toastmaster of the Year, District Secretary, Distinguished Toastmaster, and many more. So I'd certainly consider her to be an authority on just about anything to do with Toastmasters. Please help me welcome to today's show, joining us all the way from Calgary, Canada, Christina Cruz. Welcome, Christina. Hello, Marcus. It's great to be here. Great to have you. I thought I would start off by noting that the focal point of Toastmasters is really to develop communication and leadership skills. And Toastmasters motto, the Toastmasters motto is where leaders are made. So before we chat about leadership, let's start off by how and why did you join Toastmasters? A great question. I think it's different for everybody. I'd, I'd heard about Toastmaster for years, but when uh, we first got married, I was home with a baby and getting really good at talking baby talk. <laughs> so for a night out, I went to a Toastmaster meeting. Interestingly enough, I won table topics that night and I don't think I've missed a meeting since. <laughs> so uh, that daughter is now 26 years old. <laughs> and we have four children that have all proceeded through the youth leadership program and each of them has come back and said, you know, I got that job because of my experience with youth leadership or Oh, I was so much better on the team um, when we presented at university because I had the skill set mm -hmm. learned through youth leadership. So I love it. It's uh, it's been an amazing opportunity. I think most people come in the door because they have a speech or they're afraid of speaking and they they've got to speak at a wedding or they have to speak at work. Uh, but the where leaders are made, the leadership part is the is the gem. It is so incredible when we look at our world today and how many corporations and organizations are looking for leaders but where do you train where do you practice where do you make mistakes without getting fired uh the opportunity to network and learn from the people within district 42 toastmasters and toastmasters around the world just that's why i'm still here <laughs> right. very nice now that we have a we have a mentoring program at toastmasters toastmasters is, is famous for its mentoring programs what type of value do you think that mentoring really provides a toastmaster speaker you know, I, uh, as an educator, I firmly believe education is the answer to everything. Every problem we have, whether it's financial, emotional, mental, academic. So when we have mentoring built into our program at Toastmasters, it just excites me. Uh, we tried a trial run this year where every district leader was assigned a mentor who had been a district leader. And we're coming to the end of that year and the feedback has been outstanding. People have been so glad to have that support uh, to have that person as a resource. I think for our leaders, there was a lot of shortcuts. You didn't have to figure it out the wrong way. Somebody could say, you know, well, that might work, but if you add this, you're going to do even better. So within that, just within our district leadership team and watching them benefit from the leadership this year in mentoring, well, this is brand new for me. Where should I go for this? You know, the person who's great is my friend, so-and-so. So they, they can lead you to a place in the website, they can lead you to a certain form or a, a resource or material, but even better, they can lead you to the people that you need to help. 
And what we have within Pathways now is a mentoring path. So once we have people actually uh, engaging in that path and taking the format of how to mentor somebody, we're going to have mentors across the district even more so. And then that transfers into so many different ways. I need somebody who knows how to do contests. I need somebody who needs to, you know, more information on social media. I need somebody who understands finances. I need how to organize training so we can get more people involved. Who's going to organize our events? We have a conference to do. And now we're going to have all those mentors, all the people who have that expertise will be able to come together and we have a way to draw them together. But the mentoring, whether it's your very first speech, whether it's how to be the timer or how to be the district director, uh, it absolutely super important and a, a gold mine if you find it. And the interesting thing is it's not one mentor. You may find out that you have a different mentor for every different silo or responsibility that you have. And we have that in Toastmasters. And more than uh, I could even say, those mentors help somebody to do something that is more important than what they're doing in Toastmasters. It's something that they came to Toastmasters or didn't realize they were going to learn at Toastmasters and it got them the job promotion. It made them do a great speech at that anniversary party or it, it opened a door for somebody else in their family. So uh, yeah, mentoring is a key to everything. Nice. And I always say, just like you said, get more than just one mentor, uh, have a number of them at disposal over time, over a period of time. And, and part, of, part of mentoring, uh, part of the learning process is what uh, we do at Toastmasters called Circle of Gold. Maybe you can explain a bit of what Circle of Gold is and how it can benefit uh, Toastmaster speaker. Circle of Gold is unique to District 42. It was a brainchild of uh, Darlene Davies and they started it at a club level. And in the last four or five years, we've actually brought that to a district level. And it is friends helping friends. And often it is in, we've used it extremely through the contest season. So somebody wins at a club level and we develop a circle of friends who come together and say, let's look at your language. Let's look at your voice. Let's look at the way you use your gestures while you're speaking and give feedback. And then they present again. And then they go to the next level and then another level of Circle of Gold Friends comes forward. Uh, it has been extremely successful and visible through contest season, but the beauty is it could happen in any club. So I'm having trouble, I have to do a speech and I pull four or five people online, they give me their feedback. And even if I just walk away with one tip that's going to get that audience to listen to my message, then it's so worth it. I think the beautiful side effect of our competitive circle of gold for our competitors is they go to the next contest knowing all their friends that they're competing against. And I have seen it over and over again where competitor A listens to competitor B and then says, you know, if you just change this tiny bit and they're actually helping each other. So that's, that's not cutthroat competition that's I want to see you do better and I'm willing to give you one of my tricks or one of my ideas and I I think the whole level of competition the whole level of interacting within uh, districts and, and divisions areas as Toastmasters we become friends and uh, and that works for the next time I need somebody so it, it has a whole spin-off uh, of benefits but it started out for speaking. And I think now unofficially, we sort of had circle of gold for how do I deal with this leadership challenge or how do I deal with this conference challenge or how do I make this training better? And we sort of 
brainstorm as a team and always, always, always come up with a better, better solution than one person ever could. So I love it. Circle of Gold, massive success in District 42 and people outside of our district are starting to pay attention. Fantastic. So you're building Circle of Gold as building speakers, they're building leaders, and there are many types of leadership roles at Toastmasters that any member can get involved with. You are an example. You've held many different types of leadership roles at your time at Toastmasters. And I think that many business analysts and many project managers certainly do aspire to become effective leaders. And that's why Toastmasters would be exceptionally good for them too. Now, one leadership role at Toastmasters is that of area director. Maybe you can explain to us a bit about what's involved with an area director role. I think if you were to uh, survey people who had been area director and whether they'd gone beyond or they never, you know, they were thinking about starting it, it is probably the favorite role. It is the learning role. So the role of an area director is to sort of be the communicator between the club and the district. And so there is strategic planning, there is motivating a team, there is time management, there is presenting and educating, evaluating those members, there's training those people, there's bringing them together to work as a team to per perform an event. When we think about skills outside of Toastmasters and what are corporations looking for, what is the, the skill set that they need, the area director answers them all. Uh, being an effective area director and taking your own skill set to the next level, it is an amazing place to practice because we love to call it the people laboratory. You can practice here and if it doesn't go, we'll catch you in a safety net and send you off to do it again. So the, the role introduces us to tremendous amount of very valuable skills beyond what we would do in Toastmasters. It's a great stepping stone to future uh, leadership opportunities within our organization, but I have seen so many people bounce off of area director and be more effective somewhere else, whether it's within their workplace that they are now in their community, in their sports organization, their church, their, their education organization. Uh, it, it's incredible and it's really neat because you start as an area director in we call it round one and then all of those activities that you do you repeat again in round two there's a contest there's a form there's a training there's a making sure the paperwork is in so you're motivating your four or five clubs and then the second round all the ad goes oh i get it i know how to do that now this time i'm going to be better prepared this time i'm going to start earlier and that happens within a year how many places do we get to practice something and fix it before our term is up? We, we either lose the job or somebody gets promoted beyond us or we stagnate. So as far as a, um, an opportunity to get into a place where we can build skill set, area director is the best. And, and many people uh, I have witnessed year after year have grown in their own leadership and what's beautiful is they've also seen people around them grow. So they are making leaders too. Fantastic. And I should mention, so we have club officers, obviously at the club level. Then we go up a notch and it's the area director at area level. Then we get up above that, that's the division. And above that is the district. So maybe you can explain a bit about the roles of the division director and district director as well. What, what's involved with those two roles? So if an area director looks after four or five clubs, a division director looks after four or five area directors. So maybe 25, 27 clubs. So now 
it's a different level of leading because you have all your team that have to go to the team below. If you go one step further at the district team, you have your division directors that answer to you. So I can give you an example as a district director. There's some club presidents or some area directors I really want to just phone and, and say, you could do it like this, or can I help you do that? But in doing so, I would rob the person who's responsible. The division directors are on their own leadership path. How are they going to motivate their team? How are they going to drive and inspire the people that, quote, work for them as a team member? And to undermine their ability to lead and have the authority that they do as division directors is not in my best interest. And the same thing for the division directors when they're looking at their area directors, they've got to motivate them to meet our timelines, present a quality team, uh, a quality training so that we have quality meetings for our members at the grassroots. So there is a bit of a hierarchy, we all work together but each one of us has a different journey. There's strategic planning, there's motivating team members, there's time management that some people still have to learn. They haven't learned somewhere else in their life. Uh, and then there's the, the, how can I make it better? What, what could I bring to the table that's different or new? So it, it is a challenge at each level. I think to be a club leader is an amazing thing. And then to have a successful club whatever you define as success, Toastmasters gives you a, a definition because you have so many distinguished club points, you have so many educational awards. Uh, using the distinguished club program works. It's proven over and over, but if you don't understand and have that knowledge, then there's that support network all the way around. And, uh, and if we're having a successful club, the individuals within the club are learning and developing their skill set. So it's pretty exciting. The That's learning awesome. never stops. I think I've seen so many people join Toastmasters and say, yeah, got this under wraps in a year. We have members that have been 50 years still learning. And uh, this last year is a classic example because nobody had to meet online three years ago. <laughs> so we've learned a whole new skill set that is going to be valuable in every facet of our lives, whether it's personal, professional, or our volunteer organizations outside of Toastmasters. So uh, I don't know what's around the corner. There'll be another skill set to learn and I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited and I'm, I'm really thrilled that I get to do it with the wonderful people that I'm with in our organization. I think you used that keyword uh, skill set. One of the skill sets that you learned and you, you, you've used the word distinguished and that's sort of a key word at Toastmasters. And so one of the skills that you've learned is, is to become a distinguished Toastmaster or what they call DTM. And it's probably considered one of the most coveted awards at Toastmasters. Maybe you can explain to us some of the steps that are involved to earn that title. Oh, that's exciting. It's interesting. Uh, DTM is, in the past, has only been earned by 1% of our membership. So those people who have a distinguished Toastmaster can proudly say they have worked very hard. Uh, there's no timeline. So people can do it at their own pace. It starts out with doing certain uh, levels of speaking. An icebreaker is the very first step. And then we learn how to do different kinds of roles within the meeting. So being able to give somebody else feedback, club level leadership, district level leadership, which is like we talked about area division leaders. Uh, and then there's so many different projects that we can do on our way to achieving to pass as it were. Uh, there's a program called the High Performance Leadership where we take on a, an event or an activity or a program 
and lead it, not do it. Managing is different than leading. So we have an advisory committee and then we have an action team and actually being able to lead people to a successful goal, whatever that is. Uh, there's also the leadership ability to either um, facilitate a youth leadership program, which is six to eight sessions with students, an amazing, incredible experience. I don't know anybody who's been involved who said, oh, I wish I didn't waste my time on that. They all come back and say, how can I do it again? Speech craft, which is, I call it a turbo uh, program for six to eight sessions for people who are just interested in how do I, I augment the speaking skills that I have now, which could be none or lots. And then we have the actual ability to start a club or develop a club so that they are self-sufficient. So there's several different projects along the way. I call them a little bit stepping stones. It's not just about speaking. And I think what's interesting, and if I go back to the area director role, a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, I got to do that so I can get my distinguished Toastmaster. And about halfway through the year, the penny drops and they go, oh, now, because I'm doing this, I've learned how to do that. My time management is better or my conflict resolution skills have been challenged or I have to be better planning, uh, organized in the way that I plan so I can fit everything into that timeline or I have to be more uh, inviting or recognizing abilities of other people and their contributions. So I appreciate what they're doing and, uh, and understanding my own leadership skills. We have lots of different kinds of leaders in this world and there's different tactics of leading depending on the situation. So as an area director to find out when you have to be really collaborative and when you have to be really, hey, we got to get her done, let's go, <laughs> uh, is a, a huge learning curve and a, an exciting one to look back at the beginning of the year. I always think this whole online thing and three years ago, I was like, oh, how do, how do I set up a Zoom call? What if they all fall off? What am I going to do? What's a breakout room? I don't know what buttons oh. to push. It. <laughs> we do that because we've practiced it and we made mistakes and we found shortcuts because we've had mentors. Uh, an amazing place to learn. I'll give you one other quick example. I was on a conference committee chair, uh, co-chair for a conference. We had about uh, 300 people attend. This was when we were with the uh, District 99 at the time. And uh, you can take a course at university on event planning. But I said, that was my PhD on event planning for a whole year. I learned so much about what's a minute by minute and how to promote and how do you set up registration and what's the software that's needed to get people to register so you capture the right information. And what do you do with that information? And then they show up at the door and how do you greet them? And where do you get them to the right room? And all of the logistics of how to put on a conference uh, for the cost of my membership. And Incredible. it was hugely successful, a lot of fun, obviously very well prepared because everybody thought we should have been fretting and worrying and we were dancing and having a great time. <laughs> so it was, it was a, a wonderful, and the people I met through that experience uh, are friends for life now. It's, it's cool. a byproduct that we never see in any of the manuals, but it's the relationships we develop that take us into our next challenge yeah. and support us through that. No, definitely. Like you mentioned, it's a nominal fee to join Toastmasters and the value that it gives you is, is so much more than that, uh, than, than the price of admission, so to speak. And you talked about speechcraft augmenting a speaker's skills. Maybe you can go a bit more in depth about speechcraft itself. I mean, uh, exactly what, what it is uh, and, and how, how can it benefit a Toastmaster or a Toastmaster group? 
So a, a lot of clubs might use Speechcraft as a membership building tool. And the idea is you would bring in non-Toastmasters to take what I call turbo Toastmasters. So we meet week, week after week after week. And, you know, you, you take on the role of timer or evaluator or table topic master, or you're a Toastmaster, which is like the MC or the chairperson for the whole meeting. And so we, we do that with brand new members and we coach them specifically to their first speech, their second speech, how to be an evaluator, how to give each other better feedback. And by the end of eight weeks, they would understand more about what topic to pick, how to organize their speech, what are the, what are the different uh, strategies we can use in organizing our speech, what's, what's a good beginning, how do I wrap that up to the ending, how do I use my voice more effectively, how do I use my gestures, what do I have to learn so that I can give my, my coworkers better feedback or my you know, fellow speech crafters? And so that's for the participant, but the coordinators of the speech craft are also learning too, because now they're in a facilitation role, they're in a planning role, they're in a motivating role, they're, they've got to be able to inspire these people to come back. So the whole thing works for both sides. And very often what happens is a person may finish three speeches and uh, end up joining the club and continuing on with the journey. So that's really exciting. Uh, when we take that program and we, we down it a little bit, not very much, and we do it with students because you have to be 18 to join Toastmasters. Then we have what we call the Youth Leadership Program. And that, when I think about what we do in Speechcraft, and I say, you know, after about a year, people have really figured it out. These kids are figuring it out in two sessions. They are just unbelievable. So, and then when that was high school. We said, you know, five or six weeks, they're learning what our adults are taking six months. Then we went to junior high and went, oh my gosh, they're learning it in three, three sessions. And we've gone even younger. And we said, they figure it out before the end of the first session. They're, they're calling each other out and they're, they're evaluating and supporting each other. And that in itself to teach youth or to teach a group of strange adults that don't know each other. How can I support you? What's the language to be encouraging and inclusive and build you up wherever you're at is a, a value for our communities that nobody ever put put their finger on when we started. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I've, I actually watched the speech craft, not for our club, but for another club. I came in, it was the last day of the speech craft and I didn't know what was involved except when I, when I uh, um, attended this particular meeting. And the fellow who was running it said, you know, of the five or six speeches that we've had, because each session people give a number of speeches, he said, we've, we've have three of the, of the six or four of the six people who were part of the speech craft have now decided to join our club. So I, I thought that was kind of a, a cool add-on as well, like you mentioned, you know, it's, it, you, 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 it, it's sort of a quick way to be able to see exactly what goes on, and, but sort of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, a shortened version of of what happens in Toastmasters over a long period of time. And it's, it's real a motivator for a new people to, to want to join the club for sure, no doubt. Well, I think when they see the change in such a short time, they think, you know, why would I stop this, this learning that's happening? Where, where would I be six months or a year from now? Especially because I have that job interview coming up or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of changing my career or I know I got to speak at that family event and not, I don't want to make a fool of yeah. Or I'd like to be better than I am. What are the tricks that will just improve? And I always say to people, you know, if, if I convinced you, you know, after four or five sessions of an hour or 90 minutes, I could make sure your audience were listening to you and your message was more effectively being received, would you put in the time? I mean, 
Yeah. I'm in. And it never fails. People do yeah. become more effective speakers and presenters. So it's, uh, and, especially and if, if you have a message, oh yeah, you know, that's really important. Whatever it is, you want to raise money for the poor or you want to see, you know, recycling in your city or, yeah. you know, more youth leadership sport, whatever it is, uh, then, then it is worth the investment. Yeah. And I was going to mention too, just that on to your point about youth leadership. I think if you start from the beginning, if you start from the kids, from the youth, uh, you don't have to do a lot by the time they get to, to adulthood because they pick up so much faster. Incredible. You know, they pick up so much faster and you just, it'll blow your mind. So yeah, start young. I think that's, uh, get your kids into it. I, it's interesting that. you say that, Marcus, because about the third week, I always pull my hair out and go, they don't get it. The timer forgot to put the lights off. The Toastmaster's not ready. That speaker doesn't have, you know, their full conclusion sorted out. And then the fourth and the fifth week, I'm, who took them away from us? Who, who is doing something in between? And it, it just jumps. So just stop after three or two or whatever it is. Just, just give it time. Go six, seven, eight weeks and, and you will be shot. It's not a tiny bit of improvement. It, the younger the child, the bigger the growth. But we know that in everything, right? Yeah, right. You want to learn to ski and you're three years old? You're doing black diamonds that are the size of you in, in one month. No fear. If you're an adult... You might Burr. never black diamonds, right? Or I That's say this, thing, you know, if you if you want to learn a language, I could teach you at five, and at fifty, you're never going to sound like a native. But if I give you Toastmasters before you're eighteen, the advantages are just unbelievable. So my advice to anybody is, you know, don't wait. Anybody who has joined has come back and said, "Why didn't I do this sooner? I would have had that promotion. I could have done better in that interview." Or I would be just better fun at a party because I wouldn't be so scared. You know, I, I know how to start a conversation with a group of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And talking about advice, any advice for those seeking to join Toastmasters Club? What's, uh, what's the easiest way to do so? So there's a international website, uh, toastmasters.org. And in the top corner, it says find a club. So my advice to anybody is go visit a club. Uh, and I would say go and find a club that's convenient geographically and in your schedule, but geographically now means online around the world. So you could join any club, but you can, you can put in the time. You can say whether you want lunchtime, what day of the week, and uh, even geographically. I want downtown city. I want in the country. I want the north of the province, the south of the province, and that'll narrow it down. Contact the club and say, I'd, I'd like to come and see what you're doing. And if you do contact, I guarantee you, they'll put out the red carpet. They'll be so glad to see you. Oh, Christina, it's great you made it tonight. We've been waiting for you. If you show up unannounced, they'll be glad to see you, but they won't be prepared the same way. So if you had somebody coming for dinner, you'd bring out the good china. If they show up at the door, they're having a picnic with you in the back staff, right? But uh, do call ahead and the club will be well prepared to show you the benefits of why their club is the best. And having said that, I love when we get to contests and people say, what's the club you're representing? Oh, so-and-so club ABC, they're the best club in the world. And every competitor says it. And I say, that's the way it should be. Everybody should believe they're in the best club in the world. And if they are an engaged member, they are in the best club in the world. Yeah. Now, I'd say I, I'd highly recommend anyone and everyone to join it. No, it's not for everyone. So you come in, you know, uh, Go to a few meetings and if you find it's not for you that's fine but for those who realize it's for them definitely stay 
And I think sometimes it's just the time of your life. Yeah. Sometimes that, that window is open and you say, yeah, I heard about this like five years ago, but now's the time when I should do it. We have a couple members who say, you know, I've, I've heard about Toastmasters. Now I'm retired. I want to do this. And they become our best members because they have time and they have wisdom and they think, Shh, I should have joined sooner because I would have changed my career path. So, uh, yeah, uh, my, my advice to anybody would be give it a go now and always have it in your back pocket for when the timing's right. Yeah, I, I heard of Toastmasters many, many years ago, and I just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. And then all of a sudden, something happened. Oh, I know what it was. I was teaching students, and they said, how can I learn better English? And I said, join Toastmasters, join Toastmasters. And eventually, after about a year of saying that, I thought, maybe I should take my own advice. And so I joined Toastmasters. <laughs> so that's what happened. Anyhow, uh, if anyone wants to be able to get in touch with you, Christina, how can they do so? so my email is ccruis, K-R-U-I-S, at d42tm.org. And uh, they can call me, they can email me. I would love to respond to anybody who wants to know more about Toastmasters. Fantastic. Beautiful. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Christina. You're more than welcome back anytime. And, and I, I know, I definitely know the audience has been able to glean a lot, take away a lot of information from this. So thank you for being a guest on the show. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you again soon, Marcus. All right. Have fantastic. a great day. You too. Have a great day. Okay. Bye.